Hi and welcome along to Early Excellence's Head to Head podcast. It's great to have you here. I'm Sarah Carey, School Improvement Lead here at Early Excellence and in these podcasts I'll be connecting with real head teachers and school leaders. We'll be discussing hot topics in primary and early years education and sharing some real experiences. So keep listening to hear more about school inspections and impactful school improvement strategies. So in this episode, we're going to be hearing from Emily Morris, head teacher at Eastway Primary School in the in the Wirral. Hi, Emily. How are you? Hi. Good morning. I'm really good, thank you. You? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's nice to see you again. And actually, we only met a couple of weeks ago on my Microsoft Teams. Um, and as our listeners will know, I'm often on the lookout for heads who might like to share their strategic thinking and development journeys. And actually, we connected on Twitter, didn't we? We certainly did. Yeah. Um, yes, I dropped you a message and you got a straight back, really, really enthusiastic and passionate. And I know from speaking to you last week that that certainly came across. You've got lots of great things to share and I know you're really passionate about what you do. So I'm really looking forward to hearing lots and lots of things today. So it'll probably be good if we could start with hearing a little bit about you and then a little bit about your school, if that's all right. Yep. So I've been teaching for nearly 20 years now. I've taught every year group, a range of settings in a range of different locations. Um, I've had teaching and learning responsibility for early years in Key Stage 1. I've been a deputy head teacher, head of school. I was an early years advisory teacher and then I've been head teacher now for seven years. It's my sixth year in my current school. So um, I started at Eastway, um, wow, a long time ago, six years ago, (laughs) obviously. And um, when I started, there'd been a decline in standards um, at the school. There was a change of leadership um, and lots of changes needed really in terms of redesigning the curriculum, a big focus on early years, parental engagement, behaviour, attitudes to learning. So we knew we were on a journey. Um, We had Ofsted in, in January 2019, and um, they agreed with the self-assessment of the school at the time, was requires improvement. Um, Mm -hmm. Fortunately, we did get um, good in two areas, and one of those areas was leadership and management. So it's a really positive report. Um, it noted the early improvement and also our ability and capability within the school to be a self-improving school. So they recognised that we were at the beginning of the, the early stages of um, real intense school development and school improvement. And they just said, there you go, you haven't been assigned a HMI, you're a self-improving school, um, we'll put you on the, on the scale and we'll pop back and see you again. <laughs> which yeah. I thought I'm sure you were thrilled about the thought of them coming back at some point <laughs> you know something but I think once they'd been in and we were so passionate and we were you were just at the beginning of, of seeing things happening and they were like that's fantastic but where's the impact has it been embedded mm-hmm. we hadn't had the time at that time so after they left us it was exciting it was like right come on let's bring it on now let's invite them back my governors were saying 18 months later let's let's invite them back and I was like we're in the middle of a pandemic I don't think it's a great idea <laughs> but steady, steady. Yeah. <laughs> we will get there and they will come when they come and we'll be ready for them yeah. um, so it was quite an exciting time and um, we knew where we were going we had really clear strategic plans of moving the school forward and um, we had that time then to kind of prove ourselves and, and get everything in place and start to see the outcomes so a little bit about Eastway. Um, obviously, I'm slightly biased. It's an amazing school. We are one form entry primary school. We've got three SEM resource-based provision for social communication difficulties. So that's um, rural local authority resource-based provision. 
Mm-hmm. We've got a thriving family centre, used to be an old Shore Start centre at the back of our building. Um, so we've got um, lots and lots of opportunities for family engagement, lots of working with the community. We've also got a thriving early years unit around there. We take full-time two-year-olds and full-time three-year-olds. So we've got our Eastway Explorers and our three-year-olds and we provide wraparound care for those children as well. We really are at the heart of the community. Um, deprivation in our post-coded area is high. Mm-hmm. High level of need in school, um, become a bit of a honeypot school, a bit of a magnet school because of our SEM bases. So we're currently at 33% SEM across school and 57% free school meals. So it's a high level of need, but the team are amazing. They are the jewel in the crown and really experienced, dedicated and committed staff um, who just want the best for the children. It's really child focused, community focused, quite a unique little school. Very, very proud of it. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me and about Eastway. (laughs) Thank you. It's really it's a pleasure to just hear you introducing yourself and your school. And you can you can kind of feel it, how passionate you are. And and actually it's it's in you, isn't it? Like a like a stick of rock. You can feel that children first and that you and your team are really kind of got that that shared shared vision and shared priority that's about your children, your community. Um, So, yeah, great introduction. Thank you so much so obviously today um you've actually i've pulled out several threads but today actually you're going to be talking to us about some of those successful approaches that you've implemented over um, recent years in your headship um, and the impact that that's had for your children your families your staff and ultimately has helped to kind of raise the quality of education at eastway as well Um, and obviously you mentioned you had that inspection back in 2019 and i know they've been again fairly recently um so i'm sure Sure, bits of that will be woven through um, the conversation today as well. Um, but I think it would be good if it's okay to perhaps start with curriculum because I know for many schools it's an ongoing focus in terms of developing curriculum. Um, and I know your report for Ofsted um, actually used the phrase the school's curriculum has been overhauled. So I think that hearing about your journey with regards to that would be great to start with if that's all right. So yeah, Offset did come back. They came back um, in October, just before October half term, um, the year just gone. So we we are good now in all areas, something we're incredibly proud of. Um, thank you. And the report really did recognise the work that had gone in, the commitment um, from everybody, all stakeholders. But a lot of that work is focused around the curriculum. It's that offer for our families, that offer for our children, offer for the community. Um, And what we teach our children to become our lifelong learners and to love school and love learning. So um, for me, my passion is early years. So it all starts in the early years. It all starts with building those really firm foundation. Um, We were an early adopter. And so we we took on development matters and we developed our own Eastway bespoke curriculum called Eastway Matters, really focusing on what our children need and working around our context and what that looked like, building that bespoke curriculum offer for our children, our school and our community and everybody working together, really focusing on what our outcomes needed to be. When we worked on the early years curriculum, my subject leaders then took a responsibility to develop how that journey would begin in the early years with the firm foundations and how that progressive journey would work through school, what that would look like in terms of meeting the national curriculum expectations, but also considering the context of our school. 
well sequenced, well thought out early years to key stage three progressive documents that worked all the way through. Um, not just focusing on curriculum coverage, but also content and knowledge and how we would embed all of that. So really tracking um, each component in each subject and making sure that was progressive and it built year upon year so that teachers could draw on prior learning um, and, and build that up. A lot of what we do is um, really research driven. So we've done work previously with um, Education Endowment Fund to look at what's, what's out there, what is proven, what's nationally recognised um, recommendations. At Eastway, we don't just do what everyone else does, and um, we do what's right for our children. So we're we're quite keen to take risks and try different things, um, and it's worked really, really well for us. There's been a real focus on inclusion and adaptive teaching. So it is a curriculum for all children. It's not just a one model fits all. It's not just an off the shelf curriculum. It is really bespoke to what our children need. We had a three year improvement plan. So we didn't want to do everything all at once. We focused on three subjects and doing three subjects really well. And within that, we commissioned curriculum experts in their field for consultancy work to work alongside our subject leaders to really train them up to look at our bespoke curriculum, but also empower them as leaders to make those decisions. High quality CPD, just really investing in and empowering our teachers as leaders in learning for their for their area. Alongside that, I think you always have to be, when you are leading any improvement journey, you have to be mindful of your staff, keeping everyone on board. Um, really, really, really sensible outlook on workload at Eastway. And we don't do things for doing things sake. We don't have a meeting that could be an email. We don't ask for excessive paperwork. So focus on well-being, but well-being in the wider sense of terms, not just, you know, cakes in the staff room on a Friday. It's that everyone is clear of their expectations, everyone's supported, everyone's um, nurtured, everyone's loved, everyone's developed. Um, and that is that is key for me. It's essential that teachers are enabled to do their jobs, leaders are empowered to do their jobs. Um, and it's for me as a head teacher is to remove all the other nonsense that we don't need. It's, it's <laughs> enabling them to do what they're employed to do. So the curriculum has had an overhaul. Um, it, it is fit for purpose. It matches the content, uh, the context of our area and it's mapped out. It's sequential. It builds upon prior learning. It's working on what we know about how children learn and when children are ready to learn. So it is something that we're incredibly proud of. It's something that my staff are incredibly proud of. When we had the phone call, they were, they were all saying, can I do a deep dive? Like, my goodness me. One of my teachers ended up in three of the meetings and we call her the deep dive queen now. Bethan is the deep dive queen because she did lots of them. So, wow. yeah, lots of work around the curriculum, but it's paid dividends. Absolutely. And I think there's, I mean, there's lots of things just within that to pull out. Obviously, you, you mentioned yourself that you, you know about early years um, and in your, in your life prior to headship, you were involved in early years, you taught in early years, you supported early years. So clearly you were, you're understanding that, that importance of the foundation stage um, and the foundations for future learning and also thinking carefully about the children's start point um, and how they, what they know when they join you and the experiences that they have or haven't had and I think that's crucial but interesting to hear at the other end of it you also mentioned key stage three so you are looking through your school and beyond which again is about seeing your role in there 
journey through education, not just at your school, which I think is, is really important. Um, very interesting to hear, you know, you had a three year plan. The curriculum and curriculum development is a huge task. Obviously, lots of conversations around teaching and learning, isn't it? Um, and they're ongoing all of the time. Um, but it is it is quite mammoth and, and actually wanting to really set out how you want to approach that and doing some subjects well and working through that in detail and having those conversations and, and actually there'll be there will have been things that you'll have learned through going through that process in the first year of development that you would then kind of use as a lessons learned potentially when you were doing the next development of another curriculum area the kind of the following year. So I guess that that time it takes has paid off because as a team it sounds like you're living and, and breathing it. Um, and of course we know it's important for it to be seen sequence um, but I think it's taking it back to the children and really thinking about how what that sequence of learning but you touched on this how the children are going to use that knowledge further through the school when they'll get to revisit it and build on that and connect that to new learning um, is really important it's all it's very much about making it easy as possible for the children to learn isn't it and having those having those threads through Um, so yeah sounds sounds like a really interesting journey and also that you haven't done it all yourself as well in terms of You've, you've researched and you had people in to support and discuss and I'm sure um, those discussions were invaluable I'm sure but you will have taken from that lots of things but then shaped it to be your Eastway curriculum not just because people have said actually you've listened you've researched you've probably percolated lots of things as teams discussed and then actually used that to shape shape your curriculum and obviously yes it did say in your report it had been overhauled but I think more importantly Importantly than that, it's working for your children, isn't it? And that's that's what it's about. Yeah, and having the ownership, I think my subject leaders own their subject. You know, they've they've mm-hmm. been empowered, they've developed it, they've worked on it, it's been their baby. So they are talking passionately about their subject. Yeah. It's not just coming from me, it's not my curriculum, it's the school's curriculum. Um, so when we did have Ofsted come in, they were very, very keen to share their subject, to talk about their journey, to talk about the successes talk about where they're up to and where they're going next because there's always a next it's never finished it's yeah. never you know when people say like we've, we've done the curriculum like no you're always doing the curriculum <laughs> yeah. there'll always be that review as well won't there and reflection as as to how it's going and if things need adjusting and how things could be strengthened so there's always that ongoing reflection as well but I think what comes across in what you're speaking about is actually your school vision and values and ethos so you've talked about the importance of your staff team and empowering them as leaders you've talked about well-being in your children so in terms of your school vision ethos is that something that you inherited and have refined um, or is it something you started afresh with when you joined there six six years ago how did how did it come to be yeah I think it was all about um initially for me pulling the team together and everyone being on the bus you know it's all being on the bus together but having that shared vision that shared understanding of we are all in it for the same reasons. You know, as, as a leader, sometimes you, you don't get things right all the time and that's okay, you know, because we're all learning together. But it's about us all moving in the same direction for the same purpose and having children in the community at the heart of everything that we do gave us that shared understanding of, yeah, okay, we're not really keen on that. We're a bit resistant to change, but the rationale behind it, the why we're doing it, the vision, the values and what we want, our aspirations for our children, 
we are all on the same page. We're all on that same bus. We want the same thing. And then that collective responsibility comes in there where you move the school forward together. Um, and I think the last report and this report both mention around um, staff well-being and staff feeling valued, staff being invested in, staff morale being high, because that, that is important because it is a, it's a team approach. So lots of work that, that has happened around school culture and um, just really inspiring a love of learning, having that at the forefront and the importance and value of education and um, focus on provision, providing everything that children need to thrive. And that's the whole team around the child. So that is the family, that's parenting groups, family groups, making sure the home learning environment is invested in, making sure that parents understand the value of education and how they can support their child in their learning journey. And um, that the community is offering um, the wider offer as well. So working with youth club, working with local charities, um, to, if children are interested in football, that there's clubs available out there. And if not, that we contact those clubs and bring everything into our community. So it is really that holistic approach around the whole family, the whole child, the whole community. But the vision is that we're all on the same bus together. We all want the very, very best for our Eastway children. Yeah, and I think that rationale, having absolute clarity in that rationale is is key, isn't it? Because then whatever conversation you're having around a school development or, or a next step, or I don't often use the word change because, because people can be resistant to change. We are creatures of habit when push comes to it at times. But those developments, if you've got a clear rationale and everybody knows that, it's very easy to take those conversations to that rationale. So it depersonalises lots of things that you might be talking about and just take it back to this is why we're doing what we're doing this is how it's going to help us work towards what we want and this is why we're doing it I think is is important and you've mentioned a love of learning several times and it sounds like your staff have a love of learning as well the fact that they've really embraced that curriculum development and I I can't believe people were saying let me speak to the inspectors and do a deep dive I think that that's testament to to them as well Um, and you've talked just there really around I I really want to kind of you, you were touching on cultural capital aspect really there talking about the community in terms of what children bring but obviously also some of the opportunities that they don't have so can you talk us a little through a little bit some of the enrichment opportunities that your your children um get opportunities to access which obviously links to your cultural capital and your context yeah so our curriculum tagline is bringing learning to life um when we worked with our families they really wanted our children to have life skills you know to have life experiences um so that is woven into everything that we do so the bringing learning to life is bringing life into the lessons so that children have real hands-on experiences it's enriched with visits and visitors every half term we have kind of um, wow days where um, families are invited in for different activities. And um, so in year one, for example, they do puppet making, but the parents come in and help their child to make a puppet. Um, lots of those opportunities for working together in collaborative learning. But we, I noticed when I did all my kind of baseline when I first started and my um, strategic plan and my self-evaluation, I had to look at our local statistic and data around the area and the context that the school is in. And it astonished me that only 37% of our families have access to a vehicle. That's only 37% of our children would have an equal opportunity to leave the estate, to have those wider opportunities. So um, we committed to that. Um, and my governors have c- completely committed to that 
that our curriculum will be enhanced um, through the budget. So there's a budget line mm -hmm. in our budget when we do budget setting in the June, and that's reviewed all the time that governors have committed to ring fence that money to make sure our children have those enhancements. Opportunities are limited um, where we are. People call it the insular peninsula, um, but <laughs> our transport links are absolutely fantastic and we know that we're on a peninsula. We have to teach our children about water safety. That for me is you know, a priority. So instead of taking to the, the children to the swimming baths and going on a bus to the swimming pool, we bring a swimming pool here and we have it for three weeks in the autumn term and three weeks in the summer holidays. And every child from our two-year-olds right through to year six are taught how to swim, they're taught water safety. So it is that enhancing the curriculum in those real life experiences mm -hmm. and making sure that we take our children wider afield, that they have an opportunity to do residentials, same as lots of schools do. Um, yeah, so just all around that bringing learning to life and making sure that um, our four-year-olds know what a bus is. They've been on a train, they've been on the ferry across the Mersey, they investigate different modes of transport, right up then to our year sixes who are taught that secondary transition unit of how to travel safely on Mersey travel, how to buy a ticket, um, what the bylaws are, um, their responsibility as a citizen. So that really is a thread that runs through that enhancing their cultural capital but also giving them life experiences life skills and um, so it's learning in the wider sense of the of, um, of the word as well brilliant brilliant and, and really interesting because they are absolutely because of where you are they are the things that they, the children will need to be using um in their life as they're moving forward and i think that's important because you can't assume we should never assume what children do or don't know if that makes sense so um, yeah. important threads and as you say looking at giving children wider opportunities to build new experiences um, and some of that will be in with you having things come to you and some of that is out and about as well so okay um now obviously you've talked a lot about community um, and we spend lots of time kind of reflecting on the impact of our work and considering new and creative ways to, to work I suppose and I know you've spent a lot of time considering um, parental engagement and how to strengthen parenting skills but also how to improve engagement with home learning and those sorts of things so uh, again would you like to share some of the different approaches you've taken around that because I know when we were chatting um, a couple of weeks ago there was some just some really interesting things and, and fresh ideas is potentially that I think listeners might find useful. I think it's around seeing parents as partners and valuing them as their child's first educators, right? You, you know your child best, you've educated your child, um, we're in it together, we both want the same, we, we both love your child, let's work together. So that really thinking of parents as partners and having that yeah. open door policy where they're part of school, they're involved, they're consulted. And um, we have parent class representatives. So a representative from each class meets with me every half term. I talk to them about kind of like the wider strategic plans for the school. And they'll say, don't change the school uniform. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> gave, they give me feedback as well. So sometimes we'll have these great ideas and they'll say, I can't see how that's going to work or I don't think parents would be able to afford to contribute towards that. So that's not a good idea. Um, and they come up with some fantastic ideas themselves of, of how we can um, build that partnership together. They give me feedback from what's going on in their year groups, what's going well. We always start with the positive and things that we can improve. So it is that real parent partnership working together um, is how we how we move our school forward. It's an essential part of the early years, getting those relationships right early on. 
It's absolutely um, a huge priority for me. It sets the expectations for school. Like this is school. This is what you can expect from school. You'll get the support. Um, but it's it's a two way um, a two way communication. It's a two way system. So lots of focus on communication and language, like developing those early reading, those language skills, the speaking and listening, concentration, developing the home learning environment. So working with families to understand the importance of play. Um, and that goes even into key stage one. So a lot of our home learning is kind of um, around doing things together as a family. So family cooking, we provided every family with a slow cooker. So we give the families recipes and dinner for a quid bags because we want the children to learn and play and talk with their families, not just do formal um, home learning. We do the usual things in our early years. We have stay and play, family works, um, PEEP. We do workshops um, we do secret reader, which is just beautiful. So the children all close their eyes and a member of their family, it might not be mum and dad, it might be care, it might be grandparents, um, might be older siblings. The children all close their eyes. When they open their eyes, the secret reader is there to share a story with them. But for us, instead of having a reading workshop, we invite that family member to stay with us then to support reading. So it's, it's valuing our family members as leaders of learning as well so involving yeah. them to become successful reading partners and I think that's interesting because that's just a, it's just a slightly different take on a reading workshop isn't it and obviously um that secret reader um I know when we talked about it and you shared that as one of the things that you do um it's not that they're just coming cold I know you talked about they 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 have a conversation with with the, the member of staff first and talk through the book that they want to share um but uh, it's 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 managed through the year and everybody gets an opportunity to, to be involved and and it's almost higher quality and making the families just as important isn't it because actually they can see then what's happening in the classroom see how you're approaching reading and you can talk with them and give them some really quality interactions and what a lovely thing for the children that lovely surprise of a secret reader who will it be <laughs> another thing that we do is um family quiz so this came about with the um changes in the curriculum that we wanted that sticky knowledge we wanted our children to go home and talk about what they're learning to to share that knowledge and to be interested and enthusiastic and keen and want to find out more have that absolute curiosity and love of learning so to do that we had to change our home learning approach which was children would go home and share the knowledge share the experiences they were having in school but we wanted it to have an incentive why would why would adults want to discuss that with their yeah. child so we came up with the idea of family quiz so family okay. quiz happens at the end of every term and it's based on what the children have learned over that term so it's that sticky knowledge they have to remember these key facts this sticky knowledge that they're going to take on with them so the parents would have to work with the children to remember and know and remember more and learn 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 and widen their understanding and then every parent um, will attend a family quiz and they have a family team so they can invite as many people as they want so they can invite their that next door neighbours uncles aunties very very competitive but every adult pays a pound to come in and the class teacher completes the family quiz based on what they've taught over that term and the child sits with the their adults their family team and they compete against teams who's going to win so it is really about that knowing and remembering more and then as soon as that the first quiz had been done they're like well I'm going to do the homework with them every week now every night I'm going to be finding out about the Saxons don't you worry as I'm not I'm not losing this quiz again 
So there's an incentive there. It's a fun thing to do. Learning is fun. Parents are involved. The whole wider family is involved. And there's an incentive. You can you can go home sometimes with up to £100 in cash. You know, yeah. So there's a cash prize incentive. Um, but it's just a lovely way of in, in, engaging our families in their child's learning journey. And is that something that you discussed with them? You mentioned the parents per, per classes and per year groups. Is that something that was discussed with them as an idea, um, as, as a process? Did they Were they responsive to that or did that come from yeah, them? No, parent class reps were like, I think they should pay a fiver each. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we should have one. At, I think we should have one at the end of every week to check if they've done their homework. I was like, well, it might be a bit, might be a bit difficult to manage, but let's just try it every term to begin with, and let's see how we build on from that. But um, yeah, it's about having those those relationships with our families. It's them knowing we care about them as much as we care about the children, and we want them to be involved, and we want the very best for everybody. To family Absolutely. quizzes, and lovely. And again, it's that's helping with learning and home learning, helping the children to engage with their families um, and have those conversations at home. But it's also engaging the parents in what the children are doing in the wider families. Um, it doesn't just have to be the parents. And as you say, if they're all paying a pound and that goes in the prize fund, um, then that's a little bit of an incentive as well. And again, just a slightly different take on on how people approach those sorts of things. So, yeah, really, really interesting, really interesting to hear. I feel like we could go on exploring lots and lots of exciting things together you might have to come back and do another podcast and and share more Um, but I guess really before we finish it would be good to just touch on your most recent experience in uh, for Ofsted in terms of how was it and what were the key messages that might be useful to share with listeners so not an in-depth conversation about inspection because that's not what today is about but it would be it would be good because it's been quite recent just to hear some of you how it was for you and some of those key messages. Um, we found it to be a really, really positive experience, really positive right from the first conversation um, to the to the minute they left. Um, my staff were on an absolute high um, they wanted to show everything. And I always say to my staff, it's show and tell. When anyone comes into our school, it's show and tell. It's not hide and seek. We're not hiding mm. anything. There's nothing that we're worried about people finding. We want to show them and tell them everything that we do. So my staff were really well prepared, really confident, really excited. We're used to having visitors into our school. We're used to showing people around. Um, we have a coaching model across schools, so it's very open and very reflective. And you know, mm-hmm. we wander in and each each uh, wander in and out of each other's classrooms all the time. So it's there was no fear of Ofsted coming. It was a, it was a positive experience, and it's never been that we're doing this for Ofsted. We're doing this because the rationale's there, the vision's there. And we know what's right for our school. So for me, it was very open, very transparent, a very fair process, completely different to previous inspections. <laughs> and I've had previous yeah. inspections as a head teacher, um, as a leader in school, and as a teacher, um, completely different. The focus has completely shifted away from the head teacher, which I believe it should do, because you are a strategic leader, you shouldn't be in control of everything. It's about the learners it's about the staff it's about everybody being able to walk the talk I can talk the talk the 90 minute phone call was fantastic for me but after that mm. they had no interest in talking to me so I felt quite redundant as a head teacher because you're so used to kind of being in control and being the one with the answers they didn't want to talk to me at all they wanted to talk to my staff they wanted to talk to children they wanted to speak to parents they wanted to see if what I was saying, if, I, if my talk was being walked, 
and it was being walked. And I think that's the difference in, under the new framework. You have to empower your staff. You have to let them have ownership. You have to let them take risks because they have to own what they're talking about. So for me, it was a bit of a shock. I just hung around in the main office, annoying everybody, making everyone cups of tea constantly and trying to stick my nose in. But it's not about the head anymore. It is about what's happening on the ground. So, yeah, it's it's difficult for me to say anything other than it was a really positive experience. Um, the phone call was fantastic, having the opportunity to talk in a strategic leadership um, yeah. position. But then I had to ensure that all the information I was sharing, that that was what was happening on the ground. So it's that being ready means that you understand what is being walked um, in your school. Mm-hmm. Choosing the Absolutely. deep dives um, was tricky because everyone wanted them to see everything. But we also <laughs> didn't want them to see the best. We wanted them to be open. So we chose a subject that is currently under review in our school development plan because my leader in that area was passionate about the changes and how she'd reflected and how she'd changed and how she'd had that development. So that was that was important for us that, again, it wasn't hide and seek, like don't show them your worst one. It was show and tell, show them, tell them, explain, talk about the impact um, and let your leader lead. And so, no, it, it was it was a wonderful opportunity and I do share it with everybody and, you know, say it's it's not something to be afraid of, it's... You need to you need to showcase all the good that's happening in your school and not be afraid. Know the framework inside and out. Um, know your school inside and out. Be confident um, enough to challenge as well. There are a few things that came up that I felt wasn't on the framework and isn't in our school rationale. It wouldn't be something that you'd see at Eastway. So I did challenge that and said, you know, that isn't something that we do here. It's not an approach we do. Um, in terms of the behaviour, it's trauma-informed practice. That isn't something that you would see. It's not in my policies and procedures, and it doesn't state that that's what you'll be looking for in the framework. So I think having the confidence and understanding of your school and their framework and how it matches together um, was quite empowering as well as a leader. And I think that's crucial to to be, whilst you can't be involved all of the time, obviously, as you've said, you know, you have that first conversation, it's, then it is less about you. That doesn't mean that you can't then, you are you are involved at points over the inspection, aren't you? And you can have that conversation. And I think what's come through um, in, in bucket loads during this conversation is how, how strong your vision and values is and how well understood um, it is in terms of why you do what you do, what you do. And and how that's working for your children um, and the handbook there is there isn't it from Ofsted it's there to look at to you so actually knowing your school well and understanding that handbook as well means that you probably feel more well placed to, to have those conversations and to to push back as as you see appropriate you know if they're asking you for something that you think isn't appropriate for your school or isn't something that's outlined in the in the framework having that conversation um and it's not about kind of drawing battle lines is it it is about having that conversation it's that professional dialogue of saying Mm. i i understand i understand i value your professional opinion however it's very clear that the framework is stating this and my school states this and you know that that is what you will see at our school and that's the rationale behind it and it is you know it's being brave it's being trusting it's it's going with your instinct and and having those brave dialogues with the inspectors because they are very open and they they like that as well they they like to be spoken to (laughs) Yeah, of course, of course, of course. 
So I think, you, you know, you've, we've talked about children, we've talked about community and we've touched on your staff at several points. Um, but clearly your staff have been empowered. They have been well supported in their professional development. They have been um, clearly very well involved in that curriculum development. So in terms of kind of continuing professional development and CPD for your staff, you've talked a little bit around coaching. You've talked a little bit around obviously having other people in to advise and support. What other, there, is there anything else that you'd like to share around the CPD that you offer for your for your teams? Um, because obviously you've got leaders, you've got class teachers, you've got practitioners. Um, is there anything that you'd like to share about your approaches to CPD that you think has been really impactful? It is really um, being committed to investing in every individual in school. If you are fully embracing a learning community, you have to take on board that your staff are going to be learning as well. Um, we have um, two of our teaching assistants have done degrees and they've been funded through school. Um, we've got a number of MPQs. Um, we do lots of partnership working. Um, three of my members of staff have had opportunities to work for a local university. So they've been involved in curriculum development for the ITT programmes and they've developed and um, delivered lectures themselves. Um, one of my male teachers has been a positive male role model. And so he's been out talking about males in teaching and giving lectures on males in teaching. We've had a DFE expert and mentor for the early years programme. Um, We've seconded staff to work with um, school improvement outside of our local authority. We do offer, it's like a, a Alan Sugar moment, um, <laughs> a Dragon's Den style pitch. Every year I release the school development plan and we have um, TLR3 project leads. And we have between three and four each year and they come to me and they pitch their ideas um, and they tell me how much it's going to cost, what the impact's going to be. So it gives them a taste of leadership. So some of our TLR3s um, love the opportunity to have a 12-month um, school improvement project to lead on. And they feed that back to governors and they share and they're part of the leadership team for the year. Some of them say, this isn't for me. This isn't what I want to do. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I'm just going back into the classroom. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And some of them say, do you know something I love that? Would would I be able to do MPQSL? Would I be able to do MPQ, um, MPQH? So we do invest in our staff, um, which is sad because last year, three of my um, really strong middle leaders moved on to senior leadership positions, which I'm incredibly proud of. But it means mm. then they take that wealth of experience. But it's for the greater good. It's developing staff. Um, for the profession, it's not developing staff for Eastway. You know, I'm not greedy. I'm not going to keep them all. <laughs> I'll give them the wings and let them fly. But I think it is really, really important that you do invest in your staff. You empower your staff. Um, we use a coaching model. So um, we don't do formal lesson observations. Um, we kind of do peer observations. Um, we do mentoring. We work alongside staff. So it is just... Yeah, empowering, investing and giving them plenty of opportunities where opportunities are available through partnerships. Yeah, and as you say, you reap the, the you reap the rewards of that in terms of the the professional conversations. The children reap the rewards in terms of having really high quality teaching. Um, but there's also strategic thinking going on there, isn't there? And you're quite right; it is part of your role as head to be supporting those um, those staff members on their journey through their career and that succession planning for the profession, not just not just for your school. And it, it's always a it, it's it's a double edged sword, isn't it? When people say, "I've I've got the job," and you think, "Yay!" But also oh no 
Um, and I think you know you talked even even your approach to CPG and supporting your colleagues is is really well thought, thought through. There's lots of strategic thinking around that. Um, and so not only are they on the bus as you mentioned earlier, but actually they are part of that learning community. And I think again seeing our our staff teams as actually being learners as well is important, and that I think feeds into that whole ethos and vision, um, which is clearly really strong for you. Wow, it's been a great listen um, and it's been a real pleasure to kind of listen to you and hear you speak so passionately about the work that, you, that you've done and absolutely um, congratulations on your Otter outcome but actually more than that, congratulations on all of the hard work that you and your team and your families and your children have achieved because it sounds so cohesive and that everybody is so together um, and you are the heart of each other's lives really it sounds like. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to be able to talk about um, our journey and our school. Um, obviously, I'm incredibly passionate about it, so it's lovely to be able to share that. And thank you so much for the opportunity. No, it's been a real pleasure and good luck with your onward journey of developments. I shall look forward to, I shall keep my eyes peeled on Twitter and such like, and I shall look forward to, to hearing how things um, continue to develop. But I'm sure, I'm sure things will go well, but I wish you lots and lots of luck with it all. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thanks for joining us today. I hope you found it a valuable listen and that you've taken some things away to reflect on or maybe things that you want to discuss with your colleagues. Of course, remember, if you want to talk about any of the issues that we've explored today or you need support with other matters in your school, then do feel free to drop me an email sarah at earlyexcellence.com or why not get connected with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Anyway, take care and join me next time for some more genuine head-to-head -head conversation.